All right, welcome everybody. We are on episode what thirteen? Episode thirteen. Reliving the lights. Friday night lights rewatch podcast. I'm Josh Kuipers. This is Anthony Hookman. Hello. We are excited to talk about this uh, this episode, Anthony. And while we were not recording, you revealed to me, as mentioned last week. The secret <laughs> Broncos mojito recipe with the Anthony Hookman twist on it. Uh, are you feeling any regret for spilling the secret? A little bit, a little bit of guilt. I, I don't think Rick or Dave will listen to this podcast, so I think <laughs> they'll they'll be okay with me spreading it. I mean, you know how how many? It's not like we're revealing it on the show, so right. I think a little a little sharing between friends is probably fine. But I feel a little bit of guilt, but not too much. It won't. I'll I'll sleep soundly tonight. Okay. All right. Good. Well, I'll probably tell my wife. She likes a good mojito. Who knows how far it's going to go then? All right. Yeah, I guess I can't. Once you know, like it's you're making me feel more guilty about it. That, those are the benefits of marriage, right? Like no secrets whatsoever. <laughs> it's true. And I can't control it once it gets into her hands. So no promises, but. I appreciate your trust. I'll do my best to keep it concealed. Um, yeah, we we are excited to talk about this episode. Yes. This is this is uh, this is a good time. I, I had a good time while watching <laughs> this. I laughed out loud multiple times. Uh, maybe not harder than I laughed out loud at Buddy Garrity thanking God for <laughs> the Panthers win and praying for playoffs in state. But I had a very good time watching this episode. Agreed. So uh, what are you drinking for this episode? Uh, well, we've got the patented Bracco Mojito with the Anthony Hookman twist. Yeah, right on. My own secret recipe that's slowly becoming not a secret at all. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> Good deal. Uh, I have the aforementioned Kuiper special. Uh, I've I've talked about that before. Um, so a little little Bloody Mary mix, little Bush Light pickle. We're doing good. All right, um, let's get let's get right into it because I'm excited yes. to talk about this. Let's dig in episode thirteen. Yes, little girl, I want to marry you. Named after a Bruce Springsteen song. Okay. Yeah. No, I did not catch that. I am not as big of a a Bruce fan as as you are. But um, do you have the? Is it Movie Dude One? I sure do. There is one by Movie Dude One. There's another one by Preston Hahn. We better get them both, and we're gonna decide which is better. So the first one listed is the Preston Hahn description. So we'll start with his, and we'll save our our friend Movie Dude One for last. Smash's mom finds his steroids and reports them to Coach Taylor, forcing the coach to bench Smash for the next game. Matt's dad is recalled to Iraq, uh, leaving Matt to once again take care of his grandma. Lila's dad sets her up with a date, and Jason gets upset. Um, That last sentence is ridiculous in a lot of ways, but not the least of which is that the guy spelled Lila wrong. Come on, man. Yeah. Preston... I really thought I could count on you. I thought you could be our new movie dude one, but uh, I guess are, we'll... Uh, yeah. Those are big we'll, shoes. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of movie dude one, 
when Smash's mother finds his needle, she puts the coach in. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's All right. Movie dude one. All Let's right. Start over again. That one took us by surprise. <laughs> when Smash's mother finds his needle, she puts the coach in an uncomfortable position, and Tammy gets a new job offer, which makes the coach even more uncomfortable. Matt's father gets recalled to duty, and Jason ponders his decision about his relationship with Lila and Tyra. Oh, hold on. Let's. Sorry, there's no comma in there. Uh, this formatting. Matt's father gets recalled to duty, and Jason ponders his decision about his relationship with Lila. And Tyra tries to get help her mom get over their, her last woman beating boyfriend. Movie did one. I didn't think that you could be worse than Preston Han, but wow. Oh, movie dude one. Big yikes. Man, I yeah, I'm interested to see if Preston Hahn keeps it up. Mm-hmm. If he finally just got so fed up with movie dude one <laughs> <laughs> plot summaries. I gotta that, look uh, now because both of them spelled Lila L-I-L-A, and I swear it's L-Y-L-A. I can never keep it straight, and I know you have strong opinions about it. According to IMDB, they say yep. L-Y-L-A. Okay. Yep, Minka Kelly, Lila Garrity, you're right. L-Y-L-A, that's how I spell it. Yeah, so. same. All right, so if we have to choose between Preston Han and Movie Dude 1, we're, we're taking Preston yeah. Han, right? Boy, it's like choosing Donald Trump or Joe Biden, I guess. So you got to pick one. Yeah, lesser of two evils, I guess, in this case, is Preston Han. <laughs> All right. Again, I think we should be submitting our own, but I think we should do. And what happened to NBC Universal who did the one? Yeah. It was good. And it seems like it varies from episode to episode on IMDb, whether there are like quotes submitted and trivia submitted and all mm-hmm. of that. Like it's very inconsistent. So, yeah. but I guess that's the, you know, the trouble with user submitted content. Yep. So you're right. You know, it, it might not be great, but movie dude one has done more than we have for the plot. Summary. That's true. So who are we to talk? Yep. We're in no position. That's for sure. All right. Little girl, I want to marry you. This episode starts off with, Man, don't you just love every scene of the Taylors in the car together? Yes. It's, it's good every great. time. Yeah, always it's great. Magic. Um, so the Taylors are in the car. They're listening to radio psychologist Dr. Q. <laughs> um, Coach is complaining about listening to Dr. Q instead of Sammy Mead. Slamming Sammy Mead. Slamming Sammy. Um, but uh, Tammy and Julie are very adamant that, no, we are listening to this. And... Uh, Dr. Q's parting advice, the last thing we hear on the radio is, you are in control of your destiny. And uh, we cut to practice, and Coach is giving an inspirational speech <laughs> with the line, you are in control of your destiny. So yeah. as much as he uh, fights it and complains about Dr. Q, he is incorporating he, her sage advice. Yes, he gets something out of it, which we love to see. Yep. Um, so... so Kind of a comical beginning, but we don't stay long in the yeah. in the comical place. Right. Yeah. Well, we find out there's a big game on Friday. Yeah. And <laughs> if the Panthers win, they go to the playoffs. Now, <sighs> if if you listened last week, 
you know that there was a big game between Arnett, Mead, and Buckley, where if Buckley won, the Panthers would go to the playoffs. Uh, Buckley won. Buckley won. So theoretically, the Panthers are in. They should already be in. In smash words, they're going to state. Yeah, they're going to reach those unimaginable new heights. (laughs) Right. But no, let's, uh, that, that wasn't dramatic enough for episode 13. So now they got to win another game, uh, against who are they against? I am not sure. Uh, I must have it written down somewhere. Somewhere. All right. We'll, we'll figure that out later, but they gotta, they gotta win the game in order to get to the playoffs. So just like basically every single game of the season thus far, this game has playoff implications. Mama Smash, she is cleaning her high school son's room. Oh, you guys. Before we get to that, yep. um, I do want to mention there's a nice interaction between Coach and Mac. Oh, yes. Mac McGill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't write this down, but I hoped you did. I remember that. Um, Where Coach uh, or Mac says, Hey, Coach, did you hear Slamming Sammy this morning? Coach says, No, I didn't. My uh, wife and daughter had some self-help guru on <laughs> and, yeah. and Matt goes, Dr. Q <laughs> and coach says, uh, you know her? And he goes, I live by her. <laughs> yeah. Mac McGill, big Dr. Q fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right on. Which we find out later if Mac McGill's worldviews are reflected by uh, Dr. Q Maybe not the best advice to be listening to. Yeah, yeah. Mac and McGill's got some questionable uh, views on things. But anyway, that's for a later time. We'll we'll get there eventually. Yep. Uh, Mom Smash, she is cleaning her high school son's room. She's not too excited about it. Um, cleaning up thing, cleaning up after Smash, and she finds the steroids. She finds his needle. Oh, uh, to, yeah. quote, to quote movie dude one. She finds his needle. She is not happy. She heads straight to the school, straight into the locker room, uh, presumably with uh, undressed teenage boys, and grabs Smash, drags him into the coach's office, and demands an explanation for co- from coach. On, yeah, she thinks coaches. Yeah, she uh, thinks he's behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that she has put that coach has put her precious young smash up to um, sweet Brian. Yes, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, um, <laughs> and uh, to Smash's credit, he tries to explain that. Coach had nothing to do with it. Mama Smash won't let him get a word in edgewise. And uh, yeah. Coach assures her he, he knows nothing about this. Um, so, Coach yeah, is not until a, that point that Coach says, I knew, did not know anything about this, that Mama Smash finally comes to terms with the truth. Yes. That her son is, is doping on his own. Yes, obviously devastated. Uh yeah, this is a big hit for Mama Smash. Um, and obviously, this is the, one of the main plot points here, so we will get into it more. Um, we cut to Buddy. He There's some family friends in town. and yes, dirty family dinner. Yes. He explains to Lila that the Johnson family, which is an old family friend family of the Garrity's, uh, they're in town. Ty Johnston 
who's a college boy, uh, is writing a paper about football and cheerleaders. Or yeah, something the like psychology. He's, he's a psychology it's major. Psychology. He's writing something about psychology between football and cheerleaders. Yeah, and Buddy Garrity, in one fell swoop, <laughs> oh. um, both using the uh, outdated reference of the week, I'll say, Buddy, <laughs> by saying uh, they're going to have a date at that new Oriental place. <sighs> oh gosh! Okay, <laughs> even for two thousand six, Buddy, two thousand seven. Sorry, Buddy, not okay. Uh, yeah, he, he basically sets Lila up on a date with this, this Ty Johnston kid supposedly to talk about the paper to, for his research paper, but everyone can kind of see beyond that, but Lila kind of agrees to it ish. We see coach, uh, and Tammy kind of debating what to do about the smash situation. Yeah, Coach is really in a, a dilemma. Yeah. If he doesn't report this uh, smash using steroids to the athletic commission, he could lose his job and everything he's worked for. But if he does report smash's steroid use to the athletic commission, smash is basically done. Like, yeah. Well, also can't. would like cancel the games that he played, right? Ooh, yeah. That's like, right. Because they really don't know how far back it went. Yeah, that's true. So once again, and much like the voodoo situation in a very tight spot with what to do, we see basically everyone is at the diner in the next scene. (laughs) There's uh, the Colette ladies are there. Uh, Tim Riggins is at the diner. Yeah, just creeping from a distance. (laughs) Yeah, Tim is just basically giving his his eyes at the (laughs) Colette table. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Becky and Tyra and Mama Colette, whoever, whatever her name is, we haven't figured that out yet, um, are talking about kind of um, Mama Colette needing a job. You know, things are tight. They don't have a man to take care of them anymore. Uh, and it comes up that there's an open receptionist job at Buddy Garrity's car dealership. Yes. She's not very qualified for that, no. but. Hey, it's worth a shot. Uh, Tim is making eyes at him. As as we find later in the episode, perhaps she's very qualified <laughs> for the job. <laughs> at least but for we'll what Buddy's looking that. for. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lila and Jason are there. They are kind of going back and forth, arguing about the date with Ty Johnston uh, that Lila, that Buddy set Lila up on. And Lila goes to talk to some friends real quick. And while she does that, Tyra comes over and questions Jason on why he's still with Tyra. Yeah, or, sorry, after him, why he's still with Lila. Yeah, gives him kind of the third degree, says, what are you still doing with her, you know, after what yeah. she put you through? And Right. And Lila comes back. Tyra and Lila have a little back and forth, little thing going on between them. Uh, and <laughs> all of a sudden... Uh, Tyra is very supportive of her mother working for Lila's yes. father. So uh, we see <laughs> Coach and Tammy. They are over at Mayor Rodell's house. Yes. Uh, <laughs> big weird reveal. Um, yes. 
because at this point, and I guess maybe it's only weird because uh, it's 2020 that I'm watching it in. <laughs> right. Yeah, because to me, that. it just, it seemed more like a presentation. I, it, it didn't occur to me until later on when coach and Tammy are talking about it, that this was like a scandalous thing. <laughs> uh, but that we find out that Mayor Rodell is a, a secretly a lesbian. Yes. And in what appears to be like a pretty long-term relationship. Yeah, a very committed, like serious relationship. And I got the uncomfortable vibes from Coach and Tammy right away in this. Like it is revealed to be scandalous later on, but it is very (laughs) apparent that they're like, whoa, okay, I don't know what to do with this situation. (laughs) But in, in that meeting that this is revealed, uh, Mayor Odell asked Tammy to support her re-election bid. Yeah, basically to join the campaign team. Yeah, we don't really get any, a firm decision on this right then. No answer yet. Yeah. Jump back to the Smash household. Yep. Um, Smash and Mama Smash get into a big argument and she kicks him out of the house. Yes. Um, I do want to have a, a short sidebar here <laughs> okay. because the closing shot of this scene is Mama Smash, and there's a picture of Smash in the background. I don't know if you noticed this. <laughs> yeah, there's a like weird headshot of Smash, like <laughs> yeah. of Gaius Charles. I'm pretty sure it's like his IMDb yeah, headshot. It is absolutely in the <laughs> background. It's very bizarre and seems extremely out of place. Like it is not the kind of picture that you would hang up <laughs> on like your in your family household walls. I I seriously remember us talking about this the very first time we went through the <laughs> the series back in whatever that was, 2007 or 2008, whatever. Uh, I remember us talking about this and laughing about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> the, the strangest picture that. Uh, that you could have uh, if if it was an actual family member. Like, it's just so bizarre. Yeah. It, he is in his, like, Dylan Panthers uniform, right? He is. He's but in it's like Dylan weird, Panthers uniform. Yeah. But it's, yeah, the shot is weird. It almost looks like a, like... A, it's like they like took a, the headshot and then, like, superimposed the Dylan Panthers jersey on him. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I mean, it, I think it's clearly him, like, in pads and in the jersey, but it's just so... I don't know. It's such a bizarre photo. And yeah, yeah, even like (laughs) when that scene was happening, like it's a very serious scene and I kind of like saw it and I chuckled. Yeah. You got pulled out of it. And Angie was like, are you laughing about the photo? (laughs) It's a a bizarre photo to to have hanging up. It's, it's not the kind of, like I said, it's not like it's a senior picture. Right. And it's not like it's, it literally just looks like a professional headshot. Like if you were applying to colleges and was like, this is what I look like in a uniform. Like that's, that's literally what it looks <laughs> sure. like. It's sure. Very bizarre. It's a, it's such a strange photo. Yeah. <laughs> is it not, not the kind of photo like he doesn't look like he's posing for it. I think that's the the thing that, that throws that, that it is about it is it doesn't look like a, it's a photo that's posed for necessarily. Uh-huh. It looks like maybe like, the picture that like the local newspaper took of him 
and that they decided to like frame. Like that's the vibe yeah. that it gives me. It's just, it's so strange. <laughs> it does. It, I noticed it right away too. Sticks out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Pulls you right out of it. Much like mm-hmm. it pulled us right out of this uh, <laughs> plot summary. <laughs> yes. But, uh, <laughs> Smash. Yeah. Gets kicked out of the house. He, we see him sleeping in his car. He goes to coach the next morning, goes to see coach and coach is obviously very irate with the situation. Yeah. He is not thrilled. They have kind of a little chat and I think this is the scene where cat coach kind of lets him know like, Hey, like my ass is on the line. Like this isn't just a decision that you made for you. Yeah. Like this isn't just a, like you didn't make a mistake. You basically potentially you know, put your whole life down the trash. Right. And my life down the trash. Yeah. Because this can potentially make me lose my job. I've got a wife and a kid to, to provide for, and this is how I do that. So mm-hmm. real quick, we see Tyra's mom is sad about missing Bob. Yeah. Still. The job prospect doesn't look good. They've had a hundred applicants apparently <laughs> for the, the Buddy Garrity receptionist job. Yeah. People are just knocking down the doors to be Buddy Garrity's receptionist. Yeah, employment is in a weird place in Dylan. (laughs) Apparently, yeah. So she's very bummed. She hasn't, uh, yeah, she hasn't really, like, moved forward with that because it's like, well, what's the point? Um, So we see, we go back to Coach. He announces to the team that Smash is not going to be playing in the game on Friday night. This game that has playoff implications. Yes. Um, So he will not be playing. He'll be sitting out. Uh, We see the Saracen family. (laughs) Yeah. Grandma Saracen's trying to get some dirt out of Julie about Smash. She's getting into some conspiracy theories. (laughs) Right. uh, For sure about what's going on with Smash. Um, asking questions and she's like, yeah, asking Julie. Yeah. <laughs> if like, only we had an insider yeah. <laughs> information. Yeah. Julie's not Julie. Yeah. Julie doesn't but, have any info. But Matt is watching game film and he finds a flaw in the opponent's defense. Yes. He gets really excited about this. His dad, Henry, in true Henry fashion, is like, Matt, why don't you just let the coach do <laughs> coach be yeah. the coach and whatever. But Matt's very excited. He feels like he's found, yeah, a hole in the defense. Um, but then he finds out that his dad's not going to be at the game on Friday. Yeah, he says, you, you just wait, Dad. On Friday, you'll see me just, you know, beating down this defense yeah. uh, with these these plays that I'm going to create and Matt's dad. Yeah. Reveals at that time that, that, uh, yeah, he will not be attending the game because he will be leaving for Iraq on Friday before the game. However, grandma Saracen has a, uh, <laughs> a potential fix to this. Yeah. Because they can watch the Super Bowl in Iraq. They can probably watch. This game. <laughs> and honestly, I think this is meant to be like, oh, grandma doesn't understand how technology works. But I think if uh, freaking Buddy Garrity was able to watch the Buckley Arnett <laughs> Mead game somehow At outdoors. The, the rodeo fair thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Why not? We could get the Dylan Panthers in Iraq. 
Uh, never mind the travel time that it's going to take for uh, Henry to get from the United States to Iraq. He's leaving on Friday sometime. Uh, but yeah, Grandma Saracen is pretty confident that he'll be able to see it anyway. But yeah, once again, Dad Saracen has just decided, yeah, I'm going to Iraq. Never mind. <laughs> hey, uh, superior officers. Yeah. yeah. extremely confused okay you're coming you're not coming you're coming all the while matt gets the choice or matt's dad gets the choice of whether or not he stays in america or goes back to iraq yep that's how it works definitely uh so we we see tammy and coach talking about the mayor riddell situation making much of her quote alternative lifestyle yes it's a major point in the deliberations, mm-hmm. at least and, for Coach. And while they're having this conversation, there's a knock at the door. <laughs> yes. And we get, I think, my choice for quote of the week. It's going to be hard to beat for sure. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Coach saying, honey, if that is Buddy Garrity, I swear to God, I will go down there with your new deer rifle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, like I said, that's going to be hard to beat. <laughs> Tammy threatens to shoot up Buddy Garrity. Tammy Taylor quotes about Buddy Garrity remain undefeated. That's yeah, absolutely. Uh, turns out it's not Buddy Garrity. It's Smash. He wants to know if he's off the team. Uh, he knows he's not playing on Friday, but am I off the team? And Coach basically tells him to go away and just keep his mouth shut about the whole thing, and he'll let him know when he knows. We see Coach getting questioned about Smash at a press conference. And then afterwards, Buddy Garrity pressing him for info. And I mean, we said it's going to be hard to beat Tammy for the quote of the week, but Buddy puts up a good fight here. As I say, I don't know if you wrote down his quote. I didn't, but I I did did laugh at it and and was hoping that you wrote it down. I did. The only reason I didn't write it down was because, or didn't write it down was because I wasn't sure if writing it down, I would be able to translate it. (laughs) The way he says it. Yes. And I wasn't sure if it would go. So I'll leave that. I'll give that to you. I did my best. So uh, Buddy Garrity is pushing Coach for an answer on what's going on with Smash. And Coach says, as I said, it's an internal matter. And Buddy responds, yeah, well, I am internal. If anybody's internal, I'm internal. I'm probably the most internal son of a bitch you've ever met in your life. Is that not right? <laughs> um, before that, sorry, there was a Buddy Garrity quote, another yeah. one that I didn't write down. Yep. So he says something on the lines of like, well, Coach Taylor, like, I'm not only um, disappointed that you didn't tell me about Smash, but frankly, I'm hurt. <laughs> like the way he says it is very yeah, right. like, oh, poor it's buddy. Extremely insincere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I got a bigger laugh out of that one than the internal stuff. But I, the whole moment is yeah, frankly, full of Buddy yeah. Garrity's sleaze, which there's more to come. Oh, this doesn't even like scratch the <laughs> surface of the Buddy Garrity sleaze of this episode. Buddy Garrity, who. By the way, has without fail hit a hit a sleaze ball moment of the week almost every episode. Is reaching new lows in this episode. <laughs> Unimaginable new lows. <laughs> Unimaginable new lows. <laughs> yes, uh, but Matt interrupts this interaction between uh, Coach and Buddy, and Coach welcomes the interruption. 
Um, and Matt actually brings him some plays that he's drawn up based upon that hole in the defense that he saw in the game film. Um, and Coach is kind of perturbed by this, kind of annoyed yeah. by the fact that Matt thinks he can draw up some plays and give them to Coach. Yeah. And I kind of got the the idea that maybe in a different situation, Saracen uh, would have maybe gotten through to Coach with yeah, this. but he's already but, perturbed. Yeah, he's already perturbed with the press conference and Buddy Garrity right. trying to press him about Smash. And so he just doesn't want any further yeah. part of talking to anybody about football, whether right. it's this or not. Right. I feel like if you're a coach, you welcome that sort of engagement from your yes. quarterback, but not not at this moment. And Coach Taylor especially. I think, you know, you you talked to him three days ago. I think he would have been uh, ready for that kind of conversation. But yeah. Arguably Sorry, a, a goofus malufus moment of the week of Matt <laughs> just picking his spots incredibly poorly. Um, yeah. Off the field as usual. Yeah. Bummer for Matt once again. Uh, Lila's on her date with Ty Johnson, and Jason recruits Herc to help him spy on this date. They're kind of debating whether this is a date or, you know, like a research paper thing. Yeah. And, and, uh, Street pulls up his hood <laughs> and is doing the, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sinking, sinking down low <laughs> in the in the old Dodge Dakota there, <laughs> and uh, so as uh, as they get ready to leave, Herc starts honking and yelling at Lila, yeah. <laughs> who is in the window of the restaurant, and uh, Jason's trying to sink out of view, <laughs> which might have worked except for the fact that his wheelchair is in the back yeah. of this Dodge Dakota. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she she's pretty keyed into the fact that it is indeed Jason Herc outside of the restaurant spying on her. Tim wants Tyra back, so he goes to Buddy and kind of begs him, implores him to give Tyra's mom a job. Yeah, Tyra asks him the favor and says it doesn't involve uh, makeup sex (laughs) or anything. Any any type of sex whatsoever. She says, hey, you you owe me big, let's... uh, could you talk to Buddy Garrity about um, hiring Tyra's mom? And we reach a new Buddy Garrity low, I think, during that conversation. Because <laughs> um, Tim goes and talks to Buddy. And Buddy's like, oh, you, you know, you're reaching me at a really tough time. And also, like, for you to come in here after all that nonsense with my daughter. Yeah. Um, but then, like almost immediately turns around and calls Tim a good man like three times. <laughs> I was very uh, confused by this. This implies to me that he cares more about the Panthers than his own family. Like his yeah. daughter went through hell because of this guy. I mean, because of her own choices. <laughs> right. It was as uh, much on Lila as it was on Tim. But but from his perspective, obviously he's going to blame Tim for all that. Yeah. He, yeah. Like, <laughs> well, all we have man. to do is go back to last week. Uh, right. Matt, <laughs> those are people. Yeah. You are yeah. my quarterback. Those are just people. You're yeah. my quarterback. Uh, so, yeah, he is very quick to forgive Tim for all previous, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, just what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, for all previous trespasses against yes. his own daughter. 
Uh, I was very confused by that. It was, yeah. it was, I didn't even like consider the fact that he was a Dylan Panther. I was like, boo, he changed his mind <laughs> like yeah. instantly. Very bizarre. But right. he gets, he gets Tyra's mom, the, the interview. Yep. So she's got an interview. Um, uh, Smash goes back home and he does apologize to Mama Smash. Mama c- kind of comes around and says uh, she wishes she could take the pressure off of Smash, that he could just kind of be a high school kid and not have to like bear the burden of, you know, raising the family out of poverty, basically, and all that. Getting a scholarship and, you know, going pro and all that and buying Mama a house. Um, this is the first time on this rewatch that I that I noticed that uh, Mama, when she says Brian, refers to him as Brian, which <laughs> for whatever reason, I feel like has become like something that I quote from this series, Brian. Well, <laughs> Anytime anybody I, is named Brian. <laughs> um, we get a scene where Street is waiting in the Garrity parking lot as Buddy pulls up. And Buddy's like, oh, hey, Jason, what are you doing out here in the cold? While Lila's probably upstairs and like Street basically cuts off Buddy and says like, I know where she is, but I want to talk to you. Yeah. Um, you know, why'd you set up that day with Ty Johnston? Or did you set up the day with Ty Johnston? And yeah. Buddy, uh, after kind of tiptoeing around the subject, finally admits like, yes. And he... I mean, Buddy's in an eight-foot hole, and he just keeps digging <laughs> yeah. at this point in the episode because he, you know, goes on about how like how are you going to raise a family? Like, how are you going to have or you know and have kids? And can you even have kids? And he just mm-hmm. really gets nasty. Which which Jason wants, right? Like right. he's kind of egging him on. Like, come on, Buddy, just give it to me. Just say what you want to say. Yeah. Uh, it's a very yeah troubling, and once again, like I said, Buddy is. We're already hating him, and this is, I mean, pretty early on in the episode, and he just, he he keeps getting worse, and he's going to continue to only get worse. We're still not at rock bottom for Buddy (laughs) in this episode. (laughs) But I I felt like the line that really summed up what Buddy was, was saying in this interaction was, I don't want Lila to be a caregiver her whole life, son. And he said, Lila, that girl loves you. She'd follow you into hell. Are you sure you want to lead her there? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Which that's what Jason wanted to hear, right? Like right. he knew Buddy felt that way and he just wanted him to say yeah. it out loud. Yeah. Yep. So Tyra, meanwhile, is giving her mom a ride to the job interview and she blows a tire. Yeah. And we kind of see them both really struggling and fumbling with, uh, <laughs> the process of changing a tire. Yeah. And, and there's some stuff in between here, but let's just finish the tire scene. This becomes like an existential crisis <laughs> for the, for the Colette ladies. Uh, they're, they're kind of fighting over it and it becomes an argument on whether they need a man in their life or not. Basically, yeah. whether they need Bob, whether they need any man, and in the process, Tyra tells her mom that, hey, I love you, but my worst fear is that I become you, right? Mm-hmm. She says, we, we have to, we have to fix this tire ourselves." 
you know. Um, so it's more than just a tire. Uh, the Saracens are sending Henry off back to Iraq, putting him on a bus, sending him off. Grandma once again is convinced, hey, you'll be able to see the game <laughs> later on <laughs> yeah. tonight in Iraq. Uh, if, if you just ask them right away, just ask once you get to Iraq, <laughs> they'll, Put they'll on the turn it on for you. Um, and I got to say, uh, this scene with Matt Saracen's dad reminded me of Matt Saracen's music video with Taylor Swift. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? Is, doesn't he, isn't he like in the service? Okay. First of all, what's Matt Saracen's name as an actor? Like a real person? Zach Guilford. Doesn't Zach Guilford play somebody in the service and he is like getting off the bus or getting on the bus? What song is it? It's the song is ours. Yeah. But I have not watched the music video for it in probably 10 years. All right. Let's pull it up. We're going to watch it. It's a, a, uh, a, we can bonus edit, track. it out. It was a bonus track from Speak Now. Wait, what was it called? That's somehow uh, ours. That I don't know why she made a music video for it because it was a bonus track. It was only from the deluxe edition. It was a good song, Speak though. Now. It is good. Yeah, no, it's just a weird choice. If you're gonna <laughs> do a bonus track, usually that doesn't get the uh, the music video. You know? Yeah. Well, we're gonna watch the it. Standard edition of the album. And if it's worth keeping in, we'll keep it in. If it's not, keep we'll it cut over. it out. All right, so we just watched the the music video. I just watched the music video <laughs> for <laughs> Hours by Taylor Swift. And uh, it is Zach Guilford, who plays Matt Saracen, who comes home from the airport. He is in uniform as a service uh, United States Armed Services member. And Taylor Swift is on a bus, and she goes to see him. So... I feel like there are definitely parallels, definitely connections here. Uh, I don't know what the relationship is between Taylor Swift and Friday Night Lights. I feel like she's a fan. I don't know what the order is between when this music video was made. Uh, maybe you can shed some light here. So it was a bonus track from the deluxe edition of Speak Now. And Speak Now came out in late 2010. Okay. So the series would have been just about over at that point. So I've got to imagine she was either a fan or somebody who was casting for the video was a fan. Okay. So I th- you know what? I'm going to go out and just say Taylor Swift, fan of Friday Night Lights. We are both. I mean, you're the biggest Taylor Swift fan I know. Sure. I'm the second biggest Taylor Swift fan. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it only makes sense that Taylor Swift would also be a fan of Friday Night Lights. If we both like it, we both love Taylor Swift and she must love Friday Night Lights. This just Um, turned into a Taylor Swift fan podcast. Sorry, fans of Friday Night Lights. (laughs) We are completely pivoting from here on out. (laughs) We're never talking about Friday Night Lights again. It's a Taylor Swift (laughs) podcast now. Um, My coworker uh, actually just texted me last night. We can keep this in or not. I don't care. Okay. But my coworker, who actually is a friend of the show, he will be listening to this episode, so maybe we should keep it in. Chad Bondi, friend of the show. Chad. Uh, he texted me last night, and he was like, um, he was like, hey, what's your favorite Taylor Swift song? And so Ooh. I told him, he's like, I've got an eight-year-old daughter. I'm trying to, like, break the ice with her musically, and she loves Taylor Swift. Oh. So, like, And I told him my favorite Taylor Swift song is All Too Well. Yeah, that's not um, an eight-year-old song, though. 
It's not, no, but I was like, I was like, here's, you know, what I would say. And he, he's like, oh, I listened to it with my wife, like really good. And I was like, yeah. And like, I obviously got pretty deep into it. <laughs> and he was like, you break down Taylor Swift pretty well. And I was like, well, <laughs> what can I say? I'm a, I'm a fan. Okay. So we got the Friday Night Lights podcast. Then we're going to do the the OC podcast. And then I think after that, it's the, it's the Taylor Swift. It's all Taylor album Swift. Album breakdown. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So anyway, we've got the next uh, three years of our life in <laughs> podcast form worked out. Our, our our Friday nights for the next three years <laughs> are booked up. <laughs> Sorry, social life. We have podcasts to record. Long after the pandemic is over. We're <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. I think there are connections here from this scene of Henry Saracen getting on the bus to Taylor Swift getting on the bus to meet Zach Guilford, who is in the armed services. So I just realized something. Yeah. First of all, I'm going to give a shout out to Taylor Swift. Taylor, you're a friend of the show. Please come on. <laughs> I just realized that we're recording episode 13 and she like loves the number 13. Oh There's yeah. Some sort of fate going on here. I, I can feel it. I think we're going to get, Taylor Swift on, I'm going to say before episode 20. Before wow. the first season of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> we're we're going to have episode 20 recorded by the time this episode airs. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> it, well, it's fate. It doesn't have anything to do with anything else except fate. So, Also, the episode is called Little Girl, I Want to Marry You. <laughs> Angie, sorry, but when Taylor Swift comes on the show and things happen. Yeah. I don't think she'd blame you. It's fine. I think, yeah. I... Like, I think Angie knows that that's like, that's my past. My get out of jail free <laughs> card is absolutely terrible. Yeah. All right. Well, tune in in about two years when we finish <laughs> this podcast and the next podcast and we get to the Taylor Swift uh, album song by song breakdown podcast. And, and she'll probably have at least one more album out by that. Oh, point. man. Yeah. We got a lot of, we got content for days. We got a lot of ground to cover. Good. All right. So let's get back to it. Let's get back to it. Tammy shows up. She interrupts Coach's meeting to tell Coach. Coach is not happy that she has interrupted this meeting, but she tells Coach that she is indeed going to join Mayor Odell's campaign, which Coach is not too happy about. No, they have a really, really tense yeah. conversation. And I I had a really hard time figuring out if Coach was actually like furious at Tammy or actually like <laughs> like oh, kind shucks, of in, in, Tammy. Yeah. I, I could, like or like actually like just really like respectful of how much his wife is willing to stand up to him and, and do her own thing. <laughs> sure. Like he kind of has like a like <laughs> never a dull moment with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're they're like laughing and super sarcastic with each other, smiling, but fuming it seems yeah. possibly under the surface coach gets a little homophobic can we just say that did you feel but, that or um, is he just being know, real about the implications of a same-sex relationship in dylan texas i thought he was just being a little bit real about like i think he had just concerns about how it would affect if if stuff yes. came to light okay. in in 2007 sure um at 
I mean, at at the minimum, not willing to stand up for Mayor Rodell's right, right to right. <laughs> have her. That's true. Yeah, yeah no, to you, live her you, quote uh, alternative lifestyle, but. But yeah, this is Texas we're talking about in 2006 Texas. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they're not necessarily on the same page. At least we can say that. They're not on the same page with whether Tammy should be helping Mayor Dell's campaign or not. Yes. We get a cut to Herc and Street. And uh, we talked earlier, and I've got a question for you to see if maybe okay. you can answer this. Yes. We talked earlier about how Herc and... Uh, street were driving by and stalking Tyra's or Lila's date. Yeah. But we get a scene with them. Their pickup is parked on the street. Yeah. They are in their wheelchairs outside of the pickup, rolling down the street with the pickup behind them with the headlights on. Yeah. How did they get out of the pickup with their wheelchairs in the back of the pickup? Oh. And into the wheelchairs. Phil's not there. (laughs) I've never thought of this. Yeah. I thought it was like an oddly deliberate like scene for them to just be out in front of the pickup. We saw earlier their seat, their chairs are in the back. I don't know how they, they ended Hmm. up in the position that they ended up in. I've never thought of this, but like you assume that they can get around by themselves because like, I don't think it's in, well, it's definitely not in this episode, but I think later on in the series, we see getting a a vehicle that is, that he can run himself, you yeah. know? And so there's got to be a way well, for then him. They can, to, I mean, they can drive and I imagine that's like via hand, but I don't know how they, and here's the thing. I know that there's handicapped vehicles that you can like, you know, sit in the chair and, but right. like those chairs were in the back of the pickup. Right. Like they would have to, hmm. I don't know. The uh, it just doesn't line up for me. But that's and, a good. And like question. I said, it, it seemed oddly deliberate. The pickup was parked on just like this weird empty street. Yeah, it was a paved road. It's not like they were yeah. like out on some gravel road. <laughs> yeah, and then they were just like in front of the vehicle, just like rolling down the street. In and front in, of it, which and also, I noticed in their quad rugby chairs, not their regular chairs. They were in their quad rugby chairs yeah. with like the metal wheels and stuff. Did you notice that the license plate was like rugby nine? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it was. All right. Yeah. We're all right on. Um, okay. So however they got there in and out of their chairs aside, they're on a random paved road drunk and uh, talking about Lila. And Street says, I've been thinking about how I've been selfish and not thinking about her. And that by being with me, little by little, over time, being with me is going to define her. Which I thought was a pretty profound line. Like, yeah. you know, very introspective. From, and, yeah. from Jason Street, who does not listen to Bob Dylan or draw pictures. <laughs> Or, or or watch the 1940s French version of <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh, and so he kind of fills Herc in on, you know, what Buddy Garrity said to him when he was being like ultra honest. 
And Hurt tells Jason that he shouldn't make the decision based on Buddy Garrity's opinion because there's going to be a million Buddy Garrity's in his life. Um, so basically, he should just flip Buddy Garrity the bird and <laughs> make the decision on his own. So, you know, uh, I think things are still very much up in the air on what Jason is going to decide to do. We don't know if he's, you know, taking Buddy Garrity's word and realizing that Lila is better off without him. Or if he is going to, you know, just accept the fact that Lila loves him. He loves Lila. They're going to end up together. Things are very much up in the air. And, uh, boy, are we going to revisit this in a little bit? Yeah. I was not ready for the end of this episode. (laughs) Yes, we are. Um, well, meanwhile, it's game time. Game time. And it is a, a real bear cat. (laughs) Yeah. Zero, zero. Fourth quarter. It's zero, zero in the fourth quarter with nine minutes remaining. Yep. And, uh. Coach calls Saracen over to the sidelines. It's fourth and long. And Saracen says, hey, listen, I or no, Coach says, hey, I, I looked at the plays you've been drawing up. Do you think they'll work? And Saracen says, you know, oh, yeah, the safeties, like when you do this, like the safeties don't move. And there's an ocean basically there yeah. for, um, you know, open receivers. And Mac and Coach both say, Nice try, kid. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's that way by design. Those are the He's fastest a, safeties yes. in the state. Yeah. Um, they'll get to them. And, and, but still, coach is like, you want to give it a shot? Yeah. <laughs> like, Saracen believes it'll work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Saracen finds his man, Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins. And we get a touchdown. And, Panthers win, and for the second week in a row, they're going to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we celebrate all over again. And of note, I don't believe it was the last play of the game, you know, unless mm. something else happened. Um, it was not. There was still like eight minutes left. So by the time that the- I believe this is only the second game of the season that does not come down to the last play of the game. But uh, Panthers win. They're They're going to the playoffs. The after party. Is at Buddy's car dealership. Yeah. The celebration I, dance. I don't understand <laughs> what these parties are that Buddy is regularly holding. Yeah. One, it's like, I don't know. And it's like, I, I just have a lot of questions about the timeline because then, as we'll find out in a second, Tyra's, Tyra and her mom finally show up. <laughs> yeah, they're, just <laughs> getting, they're just getting there. Which, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't weird. think we mentioned that when they were when they had the flat tire, it was on the way to the interview for the yeah. Buddy Garrity receptionist job. We, we did mention that, yeah. That, we that did. Okay, so interview. I'm assuming, you know, the football game started at 7 and probably got over like 9.30. <laughs> and I'm assuming that her interview was during business hours. <laughs> yeah. It was probably before 6 o'clock. So they're three and a half at least hours late, but they show but, uh, up. Yeah. They show up to make it to the, uh, the dance. And I had a hard time. I, I was, 
I've been trying to figure out Dylan for a while, as we know. Um, <laughs> yeah. There was an episode a few uh, weeks back with Tim Riggins drunk at seven. And remember, there was a confusion with me about which seven <laughs> uh, it was AM or PM yeah. uh, during homecoming week. And there's that party that, like, it seemed to be that Tim Riggins was walking around drunk and nobody cared. And there, I noticed somebody in the background who had like a red solo cup and was in like a Panthers Letterman jacket. And I was like, I understand. <sighs> There's some like lax places in these these United States, <laughs> yeah. but like I feel like Platte, South Dakota is a pretty lax town. But like if you broke training rules, like you were in deep. Oh yeah, absolutely. And like after, and we'll get back to this, but after the moment with uh, Tyra and and Buddy <laughs> and and Tara's mom, yeah. Tyra and her mom were like, let's go get drunk. Yes, and- <laughs> absolutely. Their, Tyra's mom wants to celebrate by getting drunk with her 15-year-old daughter. So, yeah, I don't know what is going on with these high school, like these pep <laughs> rallies that are literally for high school football games. But alcohol seems to be not only readily available to literally everybody, but also like <laughs> almost encouraged. Yeah. <laughs> like... It's, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I think it's the whole thing that we've talked about before of these actors are like mid-20s and we're basically just supposed to forget that (laughs) they're actually supposed to be 15 years old. Right. Yeah, it blurs the lines of are they near 30 or are they teenagers? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so Tyra and her mom finally make it to Buddy's uh, Buddy's place of business, which this is another point of contention that I don't understand because it's a celebration for the winning of the game and now the Panthers are going to the playoffs, yeah. which is fine. Uh-huh. But like, was this already planned? Like, <laughs> were Tyra and her mom just planning on showing up whenever? Like... <laughs> Yeah, 10 I, like, p.m. <laughs> what if they showed up at like 8.30 while the game's still going on? Are they just going to post up and hope Buddy shows up? Maybe? <laughs> what if the Panthers lose? Like, <laughs> Well, they should know that Buddy Garrity is definitely not going to be there at 8.30. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like at some point they had to have just been like, well, let's not just, let's not bother. <laughs> but they make it yeah, and Tyra steps in and says, hey, listen, Buddy. I, you know, we relate. I'm apologizing. And Buddy says, hey, we filled the position. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Until. In in fact, he actually says, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, I kind of forgot that the interview was even set up. Yeah, position's been filled. Until. Until Tyra's mom comes in to Buddy's view. (laughs) And Buddy is ready to give an interview right there and then. And he does. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's go back to my office. And uh, we'll have an interview right now. So she she gets the job on the spot. On the spot. Tyra is asking her, what kind of benefits? What's the pay? And Tyra's mom's like, we didn't talk about any of that. (laughs) So I I really wish I could be on the fly, a fly on the wall of Buddy Garrity's (laughs) office during the uh, that that particular secretary review. Also, I feel bad for the girl that had previously. Yeah, right. Presumably, oh. we don't gender discriminate. It could have been a man, <laughs> right? 
But by the way, we decided to go another direction. And yeah. that direction is Mama Colette. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, at the party, Coach uh, asked Mama Smash's permission to steal away Brian for uh, an hour or so. Promises he'll get him home. Yeah. So they they kind of talk the whole steroid situation out at a diner. You know, the coach says Smash has to get clean and do some drug testing. Let's try and figure out how this whole situation coming up was set up. Was this some masterful move by coach? 100%. Okay. I absolutely am in the boat. I believe that coach knew what he was doing set this whole thing up and to me is even though it's kind of crapping on yeah the guy at the diner yeah maybe the most overall inspirational coach moment. incredible okay so here's what happens they're at this diner coach is talking to smash you got to get clean you got to do drug testing um and then you see that guy back there Cooking burgers. Yeah, (laughs) washing dishes, flipping burgers. Yeah, he was the star quarterback over at Westerby. Number six. He was number six on Grady Hunt's list. Uh, You remember Grady Hunt from a few episodes ago. Smash was obsessed with getting on that list. Uh, Yeah, it didn't turn out for that guy. He only made it to sophomore sophomore year year of college. So, you know, what does Grady Hunt know? You got to listen to the people you love. You got to listen to the people you trust. <laughs> so apparently coach knew the work schedule of this. Former- Maybe he drove by before, uh, before <laughs> the celebration. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely masterful move by coach True. here. Absolutely. Um, I think Coach has his connections, though. I think maybe he could have made a call. I bet he could have called that diner and said, listen, it's Coach Taylor. Is so-and-so <laughs> working at night? Yeah. Like, you think about the man up in the crow's nest <laughs> back in episode <laughs> uh, three, eyes wide open. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, not not even necessarily is is uh, former quarterback for Westerby working. Like, hey, can you call in... <laughs> <laughs> this, this guy, yeah, but yeah, definitely uh, a little humiliating and at the expense of the a little bit <laughs> yeah. Western B quarterback, but gets the point across to smash that uh, yeah, it's it's not all just being on that list. Grady Hunt doesn't necessarily know you gotta you gotta stick with the people you love and trust. Very great coach moment, even if yeah. it's at the expense of. And maybe, you know what, maybe that guy wasn't number six on. Maybe Coach was just picking a guy, flipping burgers, and washing dishes. <laughs> Making knows? it all up. Either way. That's almost even more impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so, either way, I, I think it's a great, great yeah. Coach moment. Yeah. Uh, last scene of the episode. Boy, things. Okay. I did not see this coming. But uh, Lila and Jason talking outside of Lila's house. It really seems like Jason is about to dump Lila. Yeah. Even Lila says like, are you yeah, about to break up with me? Like, please right. don't break up with me. 
Yeah. So Jason is kind of talking about the conversation he had with Herc and how much he admires Herc because he didn't just become like, you know, defined by his handicap. He actually became better than he was before. (laughs) And Jason, here's the quote. Jason says, and I think that if I could maybe be more like him, maybe I wouldn't be such a bad guy to be around and what he would do if he was in my shoes. Lila says, he'd dump me and go after Tyra. Jason says, no, he wouldn't. And Tyra says, yeah, he would. He told me that. <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's good. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Maybe there's more to say about the whole process. But basically, it ends with Jason asking Lila to marry him. Yeah. He says, Which, little girl, I want to marry you. Does he actually say that? No, he doesn't. Okay. <laughs> In theory, he does. I was going to say, Leonardo DiCaprio made <laughs> pointing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, he doesn't actually say that. Like I've said before, I've watched this at this season at least five times. I did not remember this. And I was really? like, whoa. I did. I absolutely remember. Like, I even just looking at the title, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one where, okay, where yeah. Street proposes. And I think maybe that's what gave it away. I, I think if that wouldn't have been the title, I wouldn't know. Sure, um, sure. Yeah, I was taken pretty off guard. But yeah, that we're left with that as the kind of cliffhanger. And we don't get an answer from Lila, but I don't know. She seems pretty, she seems pretty positive. Yeah about it so and i believe that is the end of episode 13 yeah we'll be right back yes all right we are back we're gonna dig into some of these characters uh i think it's worth mentioning right off the bat here we've had a very conspicuous absence by one of our one of our favorite, I, I if, think I'd say one of my favorite, favorite yeah, if yeah. Not the favorite characters here. Yeah, we we have had a noticeable lack of Landry in these last two episodes, and although like in episode eleven, right, was when he was still coaching or tutoring Tim Riggins, which was yeah, played a fairly prominent role. Yeah, a Landry heavy episode. So I don't know if they, yeah, I don't know what happened, but he will be back. Don't worry, Landry's got a a lot left to do. Will he ever? Uh, I mean, do you think like he was a? I mean, he was definitely a lesser paid actor, and so time, maybe yeah. they just only had so much that they could give Landry to do based on how much they were paying him or something. I don't know. That's possible. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, we miss you. We miss yeah. you, Landry. <laughs> Come back soon. Yes, please. Uh, how about Smash? We yeah. he's, things kind of the jig is up. Yeah, this is Smash here. Pretty Smash heavy episode. He yeah gets caught finally with the steroids. He has a uh, with the needle. With the, yeah, his mom finds his needle. <laughs> and uh, why did Movie Dude One just <laughs> specify the needle? Because it's just clearly like a Ziploc bag full of like vials of yeah. steroids and syringes and needle. Okay, anyway, sorry. Movie Dude 1, who's... <laughs> I'm not ready to dive into the brain of Movie Dude 1 at all. Okay, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but we... Uh, yeah, uh, Smash has a 
It's, I mean, I think it's if it's anybody's episode, it's Smash's episode because we see him right away get caught. Yeah. He, you know, gets kicked out of his home, comes back, reconciles. He's got the weird headshot on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, it's a it's a Smash centric episode, and we see him, you know, start to come back, and and we do really believe in him by the end of the episode. I think. Yeah, he'll 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 make the right call. Yeah, he's turning things around for sure. Uh, trying to do right by Mama, trying to do right by Coach. I'm curious to see if he will, you know, return all the church offering money that he oh, yeah. <laughs> used to buy steroids. I don't remember that being part of the show, but boy, that would maybe that would go a long ways. That'd be a very big move. Yeah, by Smash. He's going to have to put in extra hours at the Alamo Freeze, which I don't know if he's even still employed <laughs> no, there. I think he's done there. <laughs> we haven't even seen Sarah Sunder working there. And- yeah. What's going on there? But uh, yeah, so Smash is turning a corner. Hope it's going to really turn around for him. Yes. Uh, Tammy, once again, being kind of singled out for her, I don't know. She's just a very capable person. Mayor Rudell sees that. Yeah. Um, I mean, she has really benefited, I think, from her life in Dylan. Yeah. Um, from going from in 13 episodes, just the coach's wife to being offered the job of guidance counselor to now being a, a member of a, a political campaign. Yeah. Uh, People we, love Tammy and so do I. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, however, to kind of push back on that a little bit, there is a part that we didn't mention before where coach uh, kind of says like, are you sure she's not just asking you to be a part of this because you're the coach's wife and that has some weight around here. Right. That's also true. Yeah. But I think it's more than that. You know, I do, I do too. If, if she wasn't Tammy Taylor, I'm not sure even if she was the coach's wife, she'd be getting that that kind of job offer. So once again, Tammy kind of going out on her own, doing her own thing, exerting her independence. Uh, Jason Street, he's really wrestling with some heavy stuff here. Yeah, he's, as as pretty much always, he's got a lot on his plate um, with trying to figure out what he's going to do um, with Lila. And he's got, you know, seemingly... For somebody who 13 episodes ago uh, had the world in his hands. Yeah, right. Is now had the, had the world really turn his back on him. Lost his best friend, lost his girlfriend, got her back. But now even her girlfriend, his girlfriend's dad is working against him. It's a tough, uh, tough time for, for Jason Street. Yeah. And there's a lot of kind of competing voices, I feel like, in Jason's life. You know, how is he going to handle this situation that he's in with being paralyzed? You know, is he going to kind of go the the Buddy Garrity route of like, well, I can't really, you know, give Lila a meaningful, fulfilling life. I'm not sure I can give anyone a meaningful, fulfilling life. So I'm just going to, you know, fade into the background and feel sorry for myself? Or is he going to take the Herc route and use it to grow, to make himself better? 
and, you know, to really rise above the whole situation. Um, so yeah, at a crossroads for sure. And he definitely chose his path. He certainly did. Um, yeah, yeah he took a path that I think having grown up in a small town, you and I know too well. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if we just get engaged, we'll figure yeah. it out. After, after the uh, episode was done, Angie asked me, she's like, do you remember the show on MTV? And it was called like underage and engaged or something like that. And she was like, <laughs> oh, wow. that's what this reminds me of. And I was like, I don't remember that show at all. I, you didn't remember a no, um, MTV remember reality no. show? That's I never see. Here's the you. thing: I liked the the dating shows, like the competition dating shows yeah. that were like, I love Next. Next is like one of my favorite <laughs> shows of all time. I am absolutely obsessed with Next to this day. Right. <laughs> um, I like marathon Next every now and then, but yeah, and like Room Raiders. I like shows like that. Yeah, they were like half hour competition, you know, whatever. I never dug the like. Real world teen mom, right? Presumably underage and engaged, where it's like following these people's lives. Jersey Shore, like I never got into that yeah. stuff. I never got into. I'm not trying to follow people's lives for more than you know, 15 minutes at a time. With next, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what at I the, want is the, that, literally that the pace. most surface level you could yeah. possibly be yeah. at with next. Uh, Teen mom, though, I mean, time. you could you could run into like the most famous teen mom just around Sioux Falls, right? Yeah, yeah, I think the Vermilion area, I thought, but maybe she's yeah. in Sioux Falls. Now, yeah, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that's uh, maybe after we do Friday Night Lights in the OC and Taylor Swift. Um, Taylor Swift will do the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we cover an episode of next each week. I want to say that you'd have to find a new co-host for that, but <laughs> I think I'd be on board. <laughs> By that point, presumably the pandemic's over. And if we could get together to watch the episodes of next, I think we could make it work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap things up here with Tyra and her mom. Yeah. So they have an important, I mean, I think the last two episodes have been very uh, Colette family centric, yep. which yep. we didn't get uh, really at all prior to this. The only no. real Tyra storyline is she's dating Tim and she's not dating Tim. Right. Here comes uh greasy Connor. oil guy, Connor. <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. So, right. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think I guess we even the, the party we, subplot, the big party in the gravel oh, pits right. or whatever. Yeah. We didn't even see her mom until last episode. Yeah. Episode so, twelve. Um, we've we've seen Lila grow a lot as a character in Tyra. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyra. We've seen Tyra grow a lot as a character. Yeah, um, and really gain a lot of depth, and we really understand where she's from and where she comes from. And yeah, and uh, yeah, I am am growing to like Tyra more and more. Mm-hmm. with each of these uh episodes that are centric on her uh her mom is definitely uh she's she's had a life yeah she i i almost feel bad for her i do feel bad for her not Absolutely. almost yeah but um i guess where the almost feel bad for her comes from is the uh now she's gonna be dealing with buddy garrity and i <laughs> I don't remember where this uh, little subplot goes, so I'm interested to, oh. to see. I don't. I don't recall at all. 
the the Buddy and Tyra's mom storyline. Well, line, so. buckle up, my friend, because <laughs> it gets pretty wild. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Colette family. We're getting to know them. Um, they're a rough bunch, but but we love them. So that's our kind of main characters for the week. Let's let's come back and we'll give out our awards. All right, we have our weekly awards for the Reliving the Lights podcast. We're going to start out as we always do with Coach Taylor. Coach had a bad week last week. He did. It was not good for for Eric. How are we feeling about Coach this week? You know, he has a lot on his plate this week, and I think he handles it pretty masterfully, Uh Um, especially with that last seat in the diner. For that scene alone, I almost have to give him an eight. Yeah. He was was struggling with the smash situation in general. Like. Okay, there's obviously a right and a wrong here. It gets a little gray. You know what I mean? Like, there's a black and yeah. a white, yeah. but at the same time, like, okay, do you there's ruin your own life? Do you ruin Smash's yeah. life? So that was a little iffy. But man, that that diner move, pulling that out of his back pocket, whew, impressive. How did he even plan that out? How did he make that happen? Was that luck? Was that pulling strings? I don't know. Uh, here it is. I've got it for you. Okay. The kid flipping burgers uh, and or washing dishes at the diner. <laughs> yeah. Remember Coach's Secret Family? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <It's> no. <his> son. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Two layers. Okay. Well, th- the... Well, then I feel like it's negative points for coach because we're bringing in the second family. Okay, again. you're right. All right, we'll cut out the second family. But, All right. Because I want to I, I give him a, a good high rating because that was good. Yeah. Uh, you said eight. Uh, I said I said six. Um, but honestly, yeah, that, that diner move was really on another level. So... Let's call it a seven, but a strong seven. Strong seven. I like it. All right. That leads us to the Julie Taylor hate-o-meter. I feel bad. I really want Amy Teagarden to come on this podcast, but <laughs> how are we going to do that when we... <laughs> well, here's the thing is I think Amy understands separating the art from the artist, and she knows that... I think, I think right. even she knows that Julie, by the end of the series, becomes really something yeah so i i think i don't think she'll hold that against us too yeah, much you're right you're right julie doesn't really have a whole lot to do this no. episode no i'm gonna call it just a flat zero i don't even remember anything she did in this episode no i just did a search in my notes for julie and it only came up once and that is grandma saracen trying to get some smashing oh, yeah. out of julie so yeah, it's neutral. I mean, Julie doesn't give up the goods, so maybe that's good for her, but I don't think she actually knows what's going on. So. Give her a negative 0. 0.5. <laughs> negative 0. 0.5. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, once again, Tim's not drinking any beer. Tim was barely in this episode. So yeah, I I really think I know for sure that there's going to be a triumphant return of the big rig beer tally. Yeah, he picks soon, it up at some point, but I don't remember how soon. Yeah, that brings us to the Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the week. We are in no shortage of Buddy Garrity sleazeball movies. Once again, the second week in a row. Yeah. What do we got? Well, okay, here are some options. Buddy sets up his teenage daughter on a date with a college boy so that she will hopefully forget about her paralyzed boyfriend. Not only those things, but he sets up the date at the new oriental place. <laughs> Are we combining that into one item? Yes. Okay. Buddy Buddy is in a 15-foot hole at this point and oh, still digging. <laughs> buddy. That's literally like the second, the like maybe third scene of the episode. Yeah. Buddy. <laughs> yeah. If you thought he hit rock bottom last week. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. The the soil is still soft, my friends. <laughs> Buddy Garrity constantly trying to coerce answers about Smash. Yep. Out coach. of both Coach and Tim Riggins. I forgot during that conversation where he... You're right. Which is another sleazeball move of the week candidate where he brings up Tim's past with Lila, but then ends up still calling him a good man several times. <laughs> At the end of the conversation, in between calling him good man the, for the first and second time, he is like, I got one more question. What's going on with Smash? <laughs> and Tim's like, I don't know. <laughs> Nobody knows. Uh, which, like, if anybody's not going to know, it's probably Tim Riggins. What's right. going on with Smash's personal life? Because we, as we know, they do not like each other. No, um, except when it comes to hating on Voodoo. But yes, but yeah, that was another. As we said, Buddy Garrity sleazeball movie of the week. So we've got uh, sending the daughter up with the date, the racial slur, <laughs> uh, constantly trying to coerce people into giving him information about Smash trying to gaslight coach with the frankly I'm hurt line. <laughs> um caring more about Tim Riggins than his family <laughs> <laughs> because he's on the Panthers. Yeah. Uh telling Jason that uh he doesn't want his daughter to be a caregiver her whole life and that she would follow him into hell. But is that what he really wants for her? I mean that's being real, but still ugh, pretty rough. And then finally <laughs> creeping on Tyra's mom and giving her the job based Which, on yeah, her based <laughs> attractiveness. Yes. Which I feel like is the Buddy Garrity sleazeball move of the that's, week. Right? Yeah, that's it. It's, yep. He was on a downward trajectory and he... Yeah, hit his lowest point in this episode. He just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So he, at this point... Potentially, he really screwed up some other person's life, right? Like, they thought yeah. they had a job, and he's what? Going to call them and be like, hey, sorry, we decided to go a different direction? Yeah. Also, <laughs> we know Buddy's a creep. 
for sure. Uh, yeah. What did the other girl look like? Because here's the thing. <laughs> I never thought of that. Tyra's mom, like for a woman <laughs> of 50, yeah. is attractive, sure. <laughs> but like how many, if you're a creep, <laughs> if you've got like theoretically like 18-year-old girls <laughs> You know, applying for this job. There were hundreds of applicants. Hundreds of applicants, presumably a pretty deep pool. And Buddy's already a creep. I don't know, maybe he's got to touch a taste for the, uh, I guess, women his age, I guess. like Yeah. I don't know. Which I guess good for him for not being a like a pedophile or something. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of... There's a lot of unanswerable questions about this hiring process that I imagine if, if, like I said, if looks came into effect for immediately hiring Tyra's mom, yeah, it had to have come into effect for the other 100 applicants. <laughs> it's not like he saw Tyra's mom and was like, oh, bo- oh bo. <laughs> like <laughs> well, suddenly he was. he was like, wait a minute, I could, I could hire an attractive woman. <laughs> I didn't even think of that before. Yeah, that's really confusing to me. That's really confusing. I'm not going to get too far into no, it. We, we're just, we're, I think yeah, if we try to get further into Buddy's mind, it's not going to be beneficial. It's only going to bring up more questions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any notable music cues? I didn't have anything. I did. There was uh, the song that played where um, during the uh, Matt's dad gets on the bus scene. Uh, it was a song I, I shazammed it. It was called "Figure" by Richard Buckner. Figure um, by Richard Buckner. It was pretty good. I liked it. It was very. Um, I mean, it was just you know clearly like a, just a dude and acoustic guitar type of song, but deep cuts and deep deep tracks quite often from the Friday Night Lights soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Okay, that brings us to quote of the episode. What are our options this week? I only wrote down one. Okay. And it was, honey, if that's Buddy Garrity, I swear to God, I will go down there with your new deer rifle. <laughs> yeah. I also had that one as an option. Uh, I then had uh, Coach and Buddy's interaction on uh, Buddy being internal. As I said, it's an internal matter. Buddy, yeah, well, I am internal. If anybody's internal, I'm internal. I'm probably the most internal son of a bitch you've ever met in your life. Is that not right? So I had that, and then I think, or and then I had uh, Jason and Lila. Jason says, and I think that if I could be more like Herc, maybe I wouldn't be such a bad guy to be around. And what Herc would do if he was in my shoes, Lila says, he'd dump me and go after Tyra. Jason, no, he wouldn't. Tyra, yeah. Or Lila says, yeah, he would. He told me. (laughs) But we both had the deer rifle line, and I feel like that's the clear winner here. I think that's the one. All right, so our that leaves nothing else but to rate the episode for this week. Um, Yeah. Yeah, how, what are, where are we landing? I'm going to give this one a strong eight. Yep, 100%. This is an eight. This is as entertaining of an episode as we've had yeah. thus far. Uh, <laughs> things are things are getting a little hairy. 
Uh, <laughs> as far as Buddy Garrity is concerned, <laughs> we had the bomb dropped at the very end of the episode with Jason yeah. proposing to Lila, which is crazy. St- strong eight for yeah. sure. So uh, I'm right with you there. I, yeah, this is one of those episodes where if we would have been watching this uh, in your basement on the original run, <laughs> we 100% would have hit next episode. Yeah. If it's 2.30 in the morning, we're watching one more. Yeah, for, forget <laughs> it. We're going to keep going. So uh, I guess we'll have to wait until yeah. next week. To, uh, Unfortunately, dear listeners, <laughs> you'll have to wait a week <laughs> to find out what we thought of episode 14. But Yep. I'm we, excited to check it out and to discuss it with you. And yeah, yeah once again, if you're following along, you can be watching on IMDb TV uh, as our... The, the man who named the podcast, Jimmy, pointed out to us today, uh, it is available on Hulu. We might have yes. said that once already. I think but, we have mentioned it on the show yeah, before, but um, it's it's always friendly to, uh, always helpful to, to remind. I've got a buddy who I told him about this podcast and he was like, I binge stuff too hard. So I was <laughs> like, wait 10 weeks. So he might be. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, listening along while finally watching it like weeks from now. So <laughs> yeah, that works. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're glad you're along for the journey. Thank you. Uh, if you feel like it, maybe reach out to Amy T garden and just say, Hey, you should go on the reliving the lights podcast. Yes. I don't know if we want to make a concerted <laughs> effort at some point to, <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily. I mean, I think it would be funniest if it was Amy T. Garden just because of the Twitter interaction that happened nine yeah, right. years ago. Yeah, right. But really, any Friday Night Lights cast member we'd yeah. love to have on, or Movie Dude One, or anybody involved in the production <laughs> of the show, really. That'd be fantastic. Um, but regardless, we're we're yeah, we're just grateful that that you are along with us. Uh <laughs> your listener as you said so uh we will see you next week for episode 14 we're gonna find out uh what happens with the the marriage proposal we're gonna find out what happens with (laughs) mrs colette (laughs) and buddy garrity and it's gonna be entertaining no matter what i'm excited all right see you next week yes Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God.